The Anatomy of Flat Fee Pricing, Episode 27. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Profit with Law. My name is Moshe Amsel, your host. And last week we dived in on episode 26 to, or we dove in to, um, a new concept potentially for a lot of you. Some of you might already be doing this to some extent. Some of you might be doing it completely, but that is moving away from the billable hour. And what I want to challenge you to do is to open up your mind to even even if your firm, uh, you're convinced, has to operate on billable time, uh, I made a pretty strong case to why flat fee pricing um, could be extremely beneficial. So now the question is, Is can you do this in your firm? And if so, how? So that's what I want to address today. That is the big elephant in the room, and I want to try and demystify this for you. So the first concept that I think is important for you to grasp is that you do not need to offer a flat fee for the entire service delivery from beginning to end. And this, if you understand this, this should be a light bulb moment for you because let's say, for example, you are in family law. Um, recently, I've had the opportunity to discuss this specific issue with a number of attorneys, uh, clients of mine, as well as people that I've met on LinkedIn. So for those of you who know who I'm talking about, hi. But there is a, a specific issue when it comes to family law clients where a client retains you, they pay a retainer, they blow through their retainer, and you go after them for retainer replenishments, there is a certain point in the case, depending on the state, where you cannot um, get out of the case, you cannot remove yourself as their attorney without cause. And the and, and often, the cause cannot be that they're not paying you. Now, I'm not here to talk about my opinion on this because I think that it's ridiculous and, and it's a broken system because why why is it fair that you should have to provide service to somebody who is not paying you? But that's not the point we're trying to address here. But what we do want to address is we do want to address the fact that the firm might end up with this huge accounts receivable going into into this case before they even get themselves into the point of no return, right? So as they as they go into the particular matter, they could drop the client up until a certain point. So until you're in front of a judge, you can drop a client easily, right? So how can we make it so that you can collect as much money as you can, uh, you can bill as, as, as much as possible and actually collect it on the front end so that you can go in with a healthy retainer into the point of no return. 
And I'm sure that in other practice areas, there are similar types of situations. Uh, so the first thing that we need to, to dissect is we could do a combination of flat fee billing and per hour billing. Another example is where I'm often told when I discuss this idea of flat fee pricing that we can't control how long it's going to take for somebody to get back to us. Or if we need to go to court for something, we can't control how many times we have to go to court or how long we're going to sit in court and wait. And that's why we need to be doing hourly. And for situations like that, I would argue that you can simply look at the averages. You've had enough experience, or if you haven't had enough experience, then you can try to make some guesses and then monitor that as you go. But you can take averages to figure out what are you most likely going to spend as far as time goes on this particular case and you'll be wrong sometimes, and you'll be right other times. In other words, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but it's, it allows you to have a flat fee that you are quoting for that set of services. The other option is that you, uh, let's say that you need to draft a motion, and then you need to go to court for that motion. So you can create a flat fee for drafting, and then have the court appearance be hourly, or you can have each court appearance be a flat fee. So for example, let's say that every time you do a court appearance, it ties you up for um, anywhere from two to four hours and plus travel uh, and so on, right? So instead of turning around to the client and, and saying, you know, you owe me, you know, $100 for mileage and uh, $20 for parking and, you know, four hours at $350 an hour. So that's uh, $1,400 plus, the, plus the, the other additional, um, you know, expenses that you're billing. Let's say you're billing about $1,500, $1,600 for those four hours. Well, you could turn around and tell the client, every time that I go to court for you, it's $2,000 flat. And it doesn't matter how long we sit in court, how long we're waiting, this way, you're not, and, and you can sell it to the client. You can basically tell the client, look, I, you're, you pay me by the hour. And many attorneys charge more per hour when they're in the court, in the courthouse, as opposed to the work that they're doing in their office. So um, if we're in court for four hours waiting, and, and then we're there for another hour, and then when we're done, we talk for a half hour. Before you turn around, you could be six, seven hours into, into this thing. So by giving you a flat fee of $2,000, I could be saving you money. And you don't want to go in open-ended and, and not know what it is. So so this is what it is. Now, you could also give them options. You could say, you can say, look, you can choose flat fee or you can choose hourly, your choice. However, what I would do is, is I would tell them that this is a choice that you make at the beginning for the duration of our engagement. Because it's you win some, you lose some. There are going to be times that I'm going to spend the entire day in court for you and you'll come out ahead and there are going to be days that we walk in and we're out two hours later and then you're going to feel like why in the world am I charging you two thousand dollars so you need to understand that by me offering this flat fee price it goes you know universally moving forward now obviously those numbers I just picked out of my hat um, it could be that the number that makes sense for you is 600 or a thousand we're going to talk into how to figure out what those numbers are in in a few moments um, but before we even got started I wanted to 
introduced the idea that flat fee doesn't mean you have to have flat fee across the board. Flat fee doesn't mean that your entire firm needs to run on flat fee, that every client that comes to the door has the same exact quote in front of them and they're all treated the same way. That is not necessarily what flat fee is. However, what it is, is identifying the components of the, the cases that you that you serve in your firm that are finite, set with a beginning and an end, where there is a deliverable or some way for you to be able to close it out and say, this is completed, we're now ready to go on to the next step, and, and you can predict with some sort of average uh, what kind of effort is going to go into it on your firm side? How much time? I don't, I don't like using the word time because the idea of flat fee is to actually get us into a position where we're not looking at how much time it's taking and we are looking at um, how efficiently and quickly we can get it done. So initially when you're pricing it, it's good to compare it to the amount of time it's taking and your hourly rate. But in the long run, our hope is that you're going to complete these a lot more efficiently. You're going to find ways to complete them a lot more efficiently, yet still keep that flat fee where it is. So it makes you much more profitable. It makes you earn much more per hour than you were used to earning before. So let's basically walk through this process. So what I like to do is I like to first identify what is your client's journey. And actually, I'm going to take one more step back. So I'm sorry if I'm giving you a little bit of a whiplash here. But before we even talk about the specific types of, of arrangements and how you're going to figure it out, it's important to talk about something briefly that really should be a separate episode by itself. And, and um, hopefully I'll remember my staff is listening and writing this down. We transcribe this. We write blog posts um, out of it. So hopefully somebody reminds me that I want to do an episode on this. I want to do an episode on niching down what your law firm does. And what you're going to see is, is that as we go through this exercise with flat fee, there's, it, there's two reasons why it's so important to um, have a very, very specific type of offer that your firm does. And when you get more and more specific about who you serve and what service you provide, what that does is two things for you. Two things specifically in our discussion today about pricing. One thing it does is it allows you to create a very defined menu of pieces of, of the case or the matter that at this juncture, we have a flat fee that we can that we can charge for this particular portion of it. And um, the other thing that it does is it then also allows you to create efficiencies around that process. If you are a generalist and you are basically serving anybody that comes to the door, you could do flat fee pricing, but it's only going to be pulling a number out of your out of your head, out of your hat and giving it to them. It's not going to be based on a lot of data because you're not going to have enough data to go on if you if you're taking pretty much everything that comes across your door. And the other thing is is that you're not going to be able to create processes and fine-tune systems around the delivery of that particular case because 
every single case is different. You're, so you're constantly doing research. You're constantly, uh, your staff is not able to become efficient in that particular that particular uh, matter that you're that that you're serving. So those are two really important reasons why you should get very specific about what you offer and 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 who you serve. Uh, for example, somebody who does uh, landlord-tenant issues, uh, maybe you only you only serve landlords of condominiums, and that's it. And you only serve them in you know in in one particular dispute type. Um, and I'm going into a, a, an area that I'm not familiar with. So I'm only picking this as an example, but I really don't know what, what I'm talking about specifically about the specifics of what needs to happen. Um, so if you specialize in that one thing, then you know that this is what I need to do. First, we need to send a notice to the, the tenant for non-payment. Then we need to send a notice to the tenant. Uh, we need to do some other, some other step in, in the process to let the tenant know that they're on notice. Then we need to go to the court and uh, you know, get this particular action done. And then after that, we need to uh, then start the eviction process. And again, I have absolutely no idea, and I guess it's probably different for every single region in the country as to how these uh, how these laws work. But there is a process that you have to go through when you are serving that client with that type of matter. So what you do is is you now look at that process and you say, okay, what are the definitive moments in time? that we can say this is step one, step two, step three. And it's possible that there's resolution at that step. So you don't want to have a flat fee that covers too many steps where now there's resolution early on and the person really feels like they got shafted because you did almost nothing for them, right? We don't want to do that. We're not looking to take advantage of our clients. But what we are looking to do is we're looking to give them a, a, a price that will make them happy to have that as their set price and will also reward you for running a, an efficient shop and delivering on that promise. So let's say in this example that the first thing is to is to send a notice to the tenant for late payment and then there's another, you know, you wait you wait another week and then you send them something else, right? So let's say that those are the first two steps. So you turn around to a new client and you say, look, the, this, this is the process that happens. In phase one, we have to send out these two notices. And the first one's going to go out in five days. The next one's going to go out seven days or 14 days later. That is going to cost you 600 bucks. From there, the next step is we got to go to court. That's one court appearance. Um, and you know that court appearance is going to cost... $2,000. The next step is the eviction process, and that's a longer process. It's more detailed, more entailed. You know, hopefully it's resolved by then, but if not, then we go to the eviction process, and that's going to cost you $5,000. Or maybe at that point, 
we can't control how much that's going to how much that's going to cost because uh, we could have problems with the person that we're evicting. We there could be other you know other factors. We could be um, taken back to court three or four different times because the you know the person is fighting it or they don't sh- or, or you know they're unavailable. They need to reschedule. They play games to delay it so that they don't have to get out of the apartment as quick. So because there's so many variables, what we're going to do is is after stage two. We're then going to take a $5,000 retainer from you and we're going to bill you hourly and here's our rates. So that's how you might string together pieces of the case with flat fee, flat fee, then an hourly and retainer or some sort of mix along the way. So in this case, so let's say that the first two steps were just drafting. The first time is drafting a letter and serving it and the second time is drafting um, you know, a, 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 a more legalized and longer document and serving that. So let's say that normally the drafting process for those two items takes you a couple hours to do, um, or maybe it takes you one hour, but sometimes it can drag into two. So somewhere between one and two hours and you charge $300 an hour. So that's how you came up with that $600 flat fee. Um, now, once you have that item, so first of all, $600 as the first fee, as the first steps is a very exciting thing because they don't have to come up with a retainer. They don't have to, you know, they just have to write you a check for 600 bucks. And in their mind, the problem is solved. Now, obviously, when it gets to phase step two, you've already explained that to them. It's just that they didn't have to. They didn't. They didn't have to think about that until we got there, um, and they don't have to worry that it's going to take you ten hours to do the first first steps. They didn't have to write you a check for five thousand or ten thousand dollar retainer, and then worry about the fact that you're going to continue to bill them hours for something that might might have been fairly easy to resolve. Not that clients are thinking that you're scamming them or anything like that. It's just that that's, it's natural when somebody gives you an open-ended, you know, here's $5,000, $10,000 and, you know, just bill me your time and then you just deplete the account. Um, it's natural for them to question why are things taking so long? Why are we spending time on this? Or to get frustrated with the nickel and diming. You know, you, you, why are you billing me for, for six minutes here, six minutes there? You know, it's a, a tenth of an hour, a twelfth, you know, twentieth of an hour. Um, I know from talking to people who have been on that side of the table, and I know from personally being on that side of the table, that that can be frustrating. So by this flat fee being provided, you're providing an, an immense service to your client and making it so much easier to close the sale. And now you just have it very clearly defined. When you go back to the client, you say, look, phase one is done. We're up to phase two. It's not resolved. This phase is $2,000. We're going to need payment for $2,000 and we'll proceed with phase two. If we don't get the payment, then that's the end. You saved yourself a lot of heartache from having a client who's not going to replenish a retainer once you did a bunch of work that actually um, it was never going to get paid for, um, because but come on, let's 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 be honest. Unless your uh, firm is billing daily and you ha- you have people on top of it, chances are that between billing cycles, you you tend to uh, for some of your clients use up the funds that are there in the retainer account and it goes negative. And then you have you're chasing an uphill battle from a weak vantage point. So, um, so basically, 
this is what you do. The first thing you do is you look at the matters that you very specifically want to tackle first. So if you are a firm that handles more than one practice area or more than one type of matter within a practice area, what I suggest is that you start with the one that's the most frequent recurring uh, item or the one that has the biggest accounts receivable issue. Those are the two best places to start. And once we identify what that is, then map out what is the client journey. What do they have to do as you know at the beginning? Uh, what are we doing for them at the beginning? Um, how many times we're we going back to court? What are we going back to court for? If the, if um, if the other side is adversarial, if there is another side, if the other side is adversarial, what does that mean? And can we predict? you know, the outcome, if not, is there pieces of this that are that are required, regardless of whether it's adversarial or not. And maybe we can chunk those into um, into flat fees. And then you basically build out this sequence of, of steps or phases that the client's going to go through. So it might be a little bit more entailed to explain it to them on the front end. But you're going to show them that we're trying to structure this in a way where you have the most understanding of what you're going to be paying out of pocket. And on these situations where there's just no way to predict what's going to be involved, those are the situations where we go to a retainer and an hourly fee for. But in many practices, in many firms, you do not need to have a combination of flat fee and hourly. You could switch completely to flat fee. And another thing that I want to add um, and, you know, on the tail end of this is when you decide to try to implement this, it's much easier if you understand that you can easily change it back. So if you implement it, now give it enough time so that you can see the law of averages and you can, you know, it doesn't, you know, if you happen to have a very time consuming case or two at the beginning, you might throw in the towel right away and say, this doesn't work. So you need to understand that that you know you're looking at averages to design this. You got to you got to run it long enough to get the averages back. And also to to spend some time on the efficiency and really see how you can uh, you know whip your staff into shape and and I don't mean literally whip them but basically look at everything that we're doing and say okay, let's move the action items to the lowest paid employee that's able to do these. Let's make a process around it. Let's make it efficient, make templates, see what we can automate and try to move this through as quickly as possible. Uh, you may have resist, been resistant to looking at automation and looking at technological advances before because that would cut into your hours. So unfortunately, you're, you're motivated to not try to make things more efficient because that's how you bill. So when we look at flat fee, we can start looking at those efficiencies with a new frame of mind, a new mindset, and you will be surprised to find that you probably could do things more efficiently. You probably could find ways to cut some corners and to really um, to really get this uh, completed in a lot less time than originally um, anticipated. So give it long enough. Give it three to six months probably. Um, but remember, you can always go back. You can always go back to your retainer and hourly or whatever your setup was before and just say this didn't work. So it's worth giving a shot. It's worth trying. Um, so going back to how to structure this. So you look at you look at the hours that it, it takes on average. Figure out the math. What, what would you charge for that? Now, I, I suggest 
increasing that by 25% when you start. Uh, give yourself a little bit of buffer room, a little bit of wiggle room. Um, chances are that the data that you have of how long things were taking was based on what you actually build your clients. And often we tend to look at a bill, which is, uh, this should also be another podcast episode talking about going back and decreasing the amount that you're billing because it just doesn't look reasonable to you that so much time was spent on that item. And I have opinions about that. But that skews the data that you're looking at. So it could be that things are really taking longer than it looks on paper because you're just not billing for all that time. So I want to make sure that we cover that when we when we do the flat fee pricing. And I also want to leave room for us to try to implement changes into the process that uh, may increase efficiency, but at the beginning when they're first implemented, may decrease efficiency because new people are doing a task that somebody else knows how to do very well. So it might have been taking person A 20 minutes to do something, and now we, tr we move it to person B, and person B now has to learn how to do it, which might initially take them an hour to do it until they get more efficient to become a 20-minute taskmaster at that as well. So we want to have some room in there to be able to make these changes without it costing us deeply on, on our profitability level. And then the last thing is, is that once you have this menu set up, once you figure out what these flat fees are, you then can turn around and translate that into your projected forecasted sales and, and the number of clients you need to bring on. And things become so much clearer and easier to figure out because you know that every client we bring through the door is going to be you know, $600 for their first step or $1,000 for their first step rather than a $5,000 retainer. And then we don't know, depending on the hours, what it's going to be, um, you know, and then eventually they're going to uh, move to step two and so on. So that gives it gives you much more clarity into the planning and the business uh, oversight business side of things. So I hope this, this was helpful and not too confusing. It's a lot better if I can show you a real life example for your firm. Uh, and honestly, if you if you want to see how this can work for your firm and you want to um, have a chat with me about it, you can simply reach out to me, send me an email. Uh, my email address is mmcell at dreambuilderfinancial.com. Again, mmcell at dreambuilderfinancial.com. Um, and uh, just let me know the specifics that you are dealing with and um and we'll, we can hop on a call and have a chat about it so i you know uh if you're comfortable with it we can potentially even record it and put it out here on the podcast let people listen to it and learn from it as well so i uh, hope that this was helpful shoot me an email if you have questions and i look forward to chatting with you again soon take care that's it for this week's episode of Profit With Law. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with at least one person. Imagine how many lives we can change if we each shared this episode. Another way to share the episode is on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to you joining us again next week.